Hello, and thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene, where we exist to help people take their next step in a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that as you listen, you are both encouraged and challenged as you take that next step in your walk with Christ. plug that uh, for on Chip's behalf, next week, next Sunday, September 4th, to celebrate Chip leaving, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> to celebrate Chip before he leaves, <laughs> we will be having a golf scramble at the Napoleon Golf Course. So starting at 3 p.m., um, you can, we'll, we'll do golf for two hours. And then at 5.30, we will be having a meal. And so it's just going to be a time for us to, to come together and to do something that Chip really loves doing. Um, and it's going to be a great time. So you can sign up online. Um, and we ask that you do that so that the golf course can start squaring away tee times and whatnot. And so that they can get organized. You can go online. It's on our front page there. It's napnaz.church. It's no longer .org. Natnaz.church slash bye bye chip. So <laughs> that's, the, that's the URL. Um, you can sign up today and you'd be doing us a huge help uh, for the golf course. But hey, you know, if there is one thing, if there's one thing that I've taken away from my time with Chip over the last, whether it's internship or this last year, it is the importance of a pastor being able to golf. Now, I didn't, I, I, I didn't grow up golfing. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chip, you're just, um, I didn't grow up golfing. It, in fact, it wasn't even until I feel like I started working with Chip that I started golfing for real. And, and honestly, I missed those formative years growing up, those young years where I was a sponge. And so what happened, though, is as I began golfing more and more, um, things began to, I began to adapt to the game. No longer... Now, after working with Chip, after all these time, hours spent golfing, no longer do I give up on hole four. Now I give up on hole seven. And I, I keep, I, I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better. It's funny because now, now as I find myself in different situations and if I hit it into the rough or in between two trees, a sticky situation, I don't lose my cool as quickly anymore. Um, because I've learned different methods. I've learned different ways to adapt and to realize, okay, I may have had a bad hole, but that does not ruin the round. As I've grown in my ability to play golf, my appreciation and enjoyment of, of golf has increased. Even on those sticky situations, I still know I can still have a not as bad of a round as before. And you know, what's funny about this, what's interesting about this, this is a trivial lens that is equative to discipleship. You see, as Christians, or those of us who come to this church who call ourselves Christians, so often, many times, we get discouraged. We think to ourselves, well, I didn't come to church my entire life up until this point in time. I simply don't know as much. I don't know that Bible story that everyone else seems to know. I don't seem as spiritually strong as the next guy down the aisle from me. We get discouraged because in the midst of our weekly life, we, we experience things and we just have no idea how to walk through them. And we find ourselves giving up on whole four of life instead of whole seven or whole nine or whole 18. 
But the fact of the matter is, as we as Christians, as we continue to walk in this, in this lifestyle, we are called to something greater. We aren't called to simply always give up on whole four. We are called to be more, to experience more of our Christian walk out of this life. This is discipleship. Discipleship doesn't change the circumstances of our life. But it changes the way we view our circumstances on life. So even when we're in the midst of a sticky situation, we're in a bunker, we're in the water, we're between two trees, we can know that, yes, maybe I have to go backwards for a little bit, punch the ball out to the fairway, then I can still go towards the green that is our end goal, that is sanctification in Jesus Christ. This is discipleship. Growing towards his perspective, growing towards the way he So in this ministry month, I know for the last few weeks, uh, we've had interviews up here. We've seen emotionally provoking videos of kids ministry and we're all getting excited. And so, but today I, I wanted to do something a little bit different because I've only been in this role for just over a year. And this ministry, this discipleship ministry, it's continually and constantly evolving. So today I want to kind of give you my heart for my job. I wanted to help, hopefully give you this church's heart for my job. Why I was hired. What is it that I do and hope to do alongside all of you? So that is what today is. And so when we hear this word discipleship, I want to go ahead and give you just, and this is just my definition of discipleship. My heart behind discipleship. The process of learning, believing, and experiencing That following Jesus is not simply the greatest, but the only truly rewarding, fulfilling, and life-giving purpose any human of any age or demographic will ever have. Discipleship. That's a long definition, but discipleship is the most crucial thing you can experience in your faith. In fact, I would make this argument. Unless you are undergoing some form of discipleship, unless you are undergoing some form of discipleship, you are not living out the faith you claim to have. You cannot call yourself a Christian and not actively follow Jesus. And to actively follow Jesus is discipleship. It's interesting, if I would just ask this question, no one raise your hand to this. If I would ask the question, hey, who here is a Christian? 90% of you would raise your hands. But if I ask this question, who here would consider themselves a disciple of Jesus? Well, that's, that's a bit more provoking in nature. All of a sudden, we have to pause. Well, wait a minute. Am I a disciple? No, no, no. There is no difference between a Christian and a disciple of Jesus. You can't be one without the other. If you are a Christian, that means you are a disciple, an active follower of Jesus. I mean, think about it this way. Think about it this way. Uh, We would never say that a person who goes home on a Sunday afternoon and watches golf for a few hours, we would never say that person is a golfer, correct? No, they're just someone who watches golf. So why then do we make the claim that if we come to church and sit in the seat for an hour on a Sunday morning, once a week, all of a sudden that makes us Christians. 
It doesn't work that way. Sitting in a chair, simply being a passive observer of something, whether it's golf or church or whatever, doesn't make you that thing. We are called to something so much greater. And here's the, here's the really cool part about it, or sad part, depending on how you're looking at it. The people who are just passive observers, whether it's of golf or, or church and Christianity, those of us who make this proclamation of who we are when we are only passive observers, we think that we're experiencing the fullness of whatever we're watching. The person who is watching golf, they think, and they, who have deceived themselves into thinking that I'm a golfer because I watch it, they think they're experiencing the fullness of golf. Now, they might not be getting as upset as the people on the golf course, but they're not experiencing golf for what it is, and it's the same way with here at church. So many of us, we, we think to ourselves that we're experiencing all that we need to experience of Christianity simply because we sit in a seat for an hour a week. But friends, I am here to tell you, hopefully my, my, what I want to say today encourages you. Maybe I hope it's contagious, but there is so much more to Christianity, to what Christ would have for you, than simply sitting in a chair for one hour a week. To experience what Christ has goes well beyond these walls. That's is the message for today. That is what I want to communicate today. My question to you then is, are you a disciple of Jesus? And you ask, well, how do I know? What, what, what do we need to do? Why is discipleship so important, Justin? Where, where do we see this? Well, I want to walk us through a few different verses today that explain why discipleship is so valuable. And one of the very first verses I want to talk about today is John 10, 10. John 10, 10 says this. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I, Jesus, is saying this, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Notice the words of Jesus here. He is saying that he is the provider of life. Nothing else in this world provides life. Only through Jesus do we experience life. Yet how often do we think that we are experiencing life without Jesus? We've deceived ourselves into thinking that yes, I can come to church on a Sunday morning for an hour a week and everything else is going to be my life. But Jesus is saying no, everything apart from me is not life at all. In fact, it is part of what the thief comes and, and does steals, kills, and destroys. It's only through Jesus, when we actively follow Jesus, that we have a fullness of life. Satan, the thief, he would have us believe that simply coming in, sitting on a chair on a Sunday morning, that that's the fullness of Christianity. He would have us believe that this is all there is to it. This, this is the most you can possibly do. And as we think that way, our spirit slowly dies because we never truly enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4, 14 through 15 says this, then we will no longer be infants. As we enter into the process of discipleship, as we enter into this uh, role along with the body of Christ, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, 
speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. Can you imagine how amazing it would be is if, if we walked through our lives having the mind of Christ, viewing the world as Christ viewed the world, to experience the world as Christ experienced the world, to experience his love, his hope, his peace, his joy in and out of every day. Isn't that all of our goals? Don't we all want to have the heart of Christ and experience the heart of Christ walking in and out of every day of our lives? Yet how often do we get opinions and thoughts and ideas thrown at us from every which angle? We go to work, we go to school, we see things on TV and we're getting all of these things tossed at us and we don't know how to navigate through those waters. We don't know how to navigate through those waters because we're not in a pattern of discipleship. We're not being rooted and grounded in who Jesus is. Yet when we become active followers, active followers of Christ, we grow into a mature body, no longer tossed back and forth. We become a part of something greater than ourselves, no longer relying on our own instincts, but we become connected with every other Christian in the room, and we then become grounded and placed on a firm foundation. When we become active followers of Christ, we are grounded, we are firm, we are stable. Romans 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. One of the most common questions a pastor receives is how do I know the will of God for my life? My first question back to them is how are you involved in a process of discipleship? Because when you enter into a process of discipleship, you then are no longer concerned with all of these decisions, but you can have confidence the way that the Lord is working in your life, the desires and the passions he has placed on your life, that that is the direction you can go. And sometimes, believe it or not, God gives us options. Amen? And when we have options, we don't have to be concerned if that's the right one or if that's the right one. No, we can have confidence because God has transformed and renewed our mind because we have been walking with him. This is discipleship. And so when someone comes to me and says, what's the will of God for my life? I'm asking, how are you getting to know God in your life today? How do you know if someone you're in a relationship with wants something for your life? Well, you get to know that person. You begin to pick up on subtle hints. It's my, uh, my twin and I's birthday coming up. And my brother looks at me the other day, hey, can you start throwing hints out to, my, to Kelsey about what I want for my birthday? Well, guess what? I don't need to be throwing hints out there. Jordan's throwing enough hints for her. Believe me. But you know how Kelsey knows the hints that my brother has for her? Because Kelsey has gotten to know Jordan. 
And Kelsey has gotten to know Jordan's family, me in particular. And all of a sudden, Kelsey doesn't have to question what Jordan wants for his birthday because she just knows. Friends, today, we get to know the will of God in our life because we are walking alongside him and the rest of his body. Why is discipleship so valuable? Why is it so crucial to this church? Matthew 4, 18 through 19. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Discipleship does not change the circumstances of our life, but it changes the way we view our circumstances. When we enter into a role of actively following Jesus, he takes whatever you are, mom, dad, doctor, lawyer, custodian, secretary, whatever you are, and he elevates the status. Because no longer are you just a mom, a dad, a doctor, a lawyer, custodian, secretary. You are a follower of Jesus and you are being used to fish for people for his kingdom. Friends, there is nothing better than the purpose of working for the kingdom of God. There is nothing more rewarding. There is nothing with, with, um, that is more fulfilling than to follow after Jesus, because when we follow after Jesus, it doesn't change the fact that they were fishermen, but it changes every part of their identity. This is why discipleship is so valuable. And here's what's really, here's what's really tricky about being a disciple of Jesus. Because in the midst of him calling his first 12 disciples, we see here that Jesus is calling fishermen. But we also know that Jesus called a political radical of that time. We also know that Jesus called a tax collector. And this is just a a quick plug. If you haven't watched The Chosen, you need to watch The Chosen. Okay, I mean, just, and you'll understand this in a greater light. A tax collector, fishermen, political radicals. In fact, we are told that later on, two of the disciples were so arrogant to believe that they were going to be uh, with Jesus in heaven as his number one and number two. And they went and asked for this. And yet, at the same time, they remained together in intimate community. Personalities so different from black and white. And yet, Jesus calls them Together, as disciples of Jesus, we are not going to get along with everybody in our immediate context. And yet we are called to continue to follow them together. To be with them together. To be inspired by them, to be challenged by them, to be moved by them as we pursue Christ. This is discipleship. We are called to be more, to experience more, to work for more. Are you today an active follower of Christ? Friends, my job as quote-unquote discipleship pastor, which is a bit of a misnomer because we are all called to be disciplers. I'm not the only guy here at this church who is discipling people. That's not the case by any stretch. 
My job today is not to make you a follower of Christ. I cannot do that. I cannot make you a follower of Christ. My job today is to come alongside you and to present opportunities to continue in your discipleship, to, to take you deeper in your discipleship because discipleship is a process. It is not a program by which we say we can complete. It is an ongoing route of growing more and more like Jesus. My job is to give you opportunities to grow in that. So, how do we do that? How do we do that here at NAPNAS? I want to walk through a few different ministries that we have here at NAPNAS. And as I walk through them, I want you to be asking yourself, am I involved? Not, not involved in every single one. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But my question to you today is, why, if you're not, why aren't you involved in at least one or two of these? Based on what we just walked through, the importance of discipleship and the fact that if you're not in discipleship, then you're actually not living out the faith you claim to have. Why aren't you involved? And this isn't a complete comprehensive list and it's not completely exhaustive. There are many ways of discipleship. But these are a few ways in which we here at NetNaz, we invite you in the journey. Sunday school. Last week we learned all about our kids' ministries. And what's going on over in the faith factory. Did you know that we also have ministries outside of this for adults? This isn't the only thing we have available on Sunday mornings for the likes of you. 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. There are things going on that will take you deeper in a much more intimate community to grow your faith. To help you become more like Jesus. 9 a.m. There's, uh, there's an adult Sunday school happening right now with my father, Eric Braun. You want to be challenged? Go take one of my dad's classes. That'll challenge you. <laughs> It'll challenge you in a great way, though. Next Steps is happening starting next week. Next Steps, again, a bit of a misnomer because it's not simply for those who are beginning in their faith walk. Believe me, it is for anybody, whether you've been a Christian for five minutes or 50 years, this class will help you grow in the way you talk and articulate and explain your faith. It won't necessarily help you grow in your faith. I'd like to think that I'm pretty strong in my faith. But man, walking through that class, the amount of times I've walked through that class, every single time I grow in my ability and my confidence to talk about what Jesus is doing in my life. 10.30, we have two more adult Sunday school classes happening Get involved. Sunday school, intimate community, talking about the services, talking about what's going on in your life, diving deep into the Bible. It's happening. Sunday school. If tables. If tables are small groups for women, two hours a month. Two hours a month. But if you ask any woman who's involved in the if table, they'll tell you how significant it is in, it is in your life. Those are headed up by Cindy Tilly here at the church. Cindy and Roy Tilly, they head up our prayer meeting between 10 and 10.30 in between services. If you want to get involved, just two hours a month with other women who are striving to be more like Christ, if tables, not a huge commitment, but a valuable commitment. Life groups. This is one of our larger parts of discipleship. Right now we have between 14 to 16 life groups, a whole bunch of, like I said, it's an evolving ministry, 
And we're constantly moving people around. We're constantly working with things. In fact, right now, several of you are actually waiting for me to get back with you about where you're going to be placed in a life group. And you know what? That's a good thing. It's a good thing that we have people waiting to get placed. Life groups are a time, most life groups, everyone is different. Each one is different. Life groups are a time to where between 90 minutes and two hours every other week, twice a month, essentially. People come together, some share food, some don't. Some go over the services, some don't. The important part is that we have couples, families, single people, everybody who are coming together to get connected in an intimate way. You, my friends, cannot be connected simply by coming and being a passive observer one hour a week. You need to get connected with other believers in an intimate way, life groups. Bible studies. This is probably one of our less structured um, ministries here at the church because Bible studies are constantly coming and going. But that's the key. They're constantly coming and going. There's always something going on. There's always a Bible study either happening or being planned. 5.30 in the morning. Saturday mornings. Bible study. Men's Bible study happening 5.30 every every single Saturday morning right there in room 200. In fact, this last summer, we had maybe 30 or 40 women walking through the same Bible study all summer long. We have Bible studies that are currently being planned for this fall. Bible studies, again, discipleship isn't all about knowledge. It isn't all about, but knowledge is crucial. So whereas a lot of these may be more social in nature, being connected with other believers, just doing life with one another, a Bible study is going to take you deeper into the Bible. Are you frustrated because you don't know the stories of the Bible? Are you frustrated because you don't know how to read the Bible in a, in a way to, uh, to learn and to garner information from? Join a Bible study. What is truly important in your life? So often we hear the excuse I'm just too busy. I'm just too busy. Justin, you're a single man without kids. You don't know my life. You're right, I don't. But, here's, but my job isn't to, to match your life. My job is to take the words from scripture and communicate them to you. And I'm telling you, the need for discipleship is mandatory. This isn't an option. You breathe every day. To feed your physical body. What are you doing to feed your spiritual body? How is your spiritual body living right now? What are you doing to feed it on a consistent basis? And here's what's really cool about all of the things I just listed. Sunday school through Bible studies. We're not talking about N2 youth quite yet. Those first four... Those are tools in which discipleship is compounded, compounded. And here's what I mean. When you as parents, guardians, grandparents, whatever, when you begin to make those priority, your kids take notice. When you begin to make time to go to Sunday school, when you begin to make time to attend life group, to get up early in the morning to go to Bible study, to attend an if table once a month, your kids notice. And as parents, as anybody, 
Our primary jobs as Christians is to disciple others around us. If you are a parent or a grandparent or a guardian, there is nothing more important in your life right now than to make sure your kids are being discipled. Your job isn't to make them followers of Christ. Your job is to make sure they have every opportunity to follow Christ. And if you are not making time to go to Sunday school, to go to if tables, to go to life groups, to go to Bible studies, you, my friend, are failing at the greater purpose in which Christ has called you. So when you begin to say, I am too busy, that means you've replaced something. You've replaced the command of Christ for your own priorities. But now we talk about N2 youth. And this is, this is where it gets really cool. N2 youth. Fifth grade all the way to college and young adults. We have Sunday school, but N2 youth is primarily a focus of Wednesday night ministries. Wednesday night ministries that happen, that doors open here starting September 7th at 6 p.m. 6 p.m. all the way to 8.30 p.m. We have ministries going on from fifth grade all the way to college and young adults. Now, I, I want to address something. I'm looking at my timer here. I want to address something. Before I got hired on here, a year and a half ago, many of you found out that we weren't hiring a youth pastor back. We were hiring a discipleship pastor. And a lot of you were like, what? But I have kids. What's going to happen with our youth? I'd like to think. I'd like to think that we haven't even lost a single step in our youth ministry. Because when we are more focused on discipleship than an isolated youth ministry, we are, now, we are now taking our youth and empowering them in ways that could not happen before. Not that they didn't happen before, but all of a sudden our mindset, our heart has been clearly articulated for what we are doing. Many times when people think of a youth pastor, they're thinking of that young, very handsome, charming guy who's going to become the best friend of... Why were you guys laughing at that? <laughs> when people think of a youth pastor, they think of that young, maybe mid-20s, um, the guy with very little life experience, but they're the fun guy who's going to somehow become best friends with the teenager, and they're going to entertain them enough, and they're going to do all this thing, all the while trying to grow someone's faith. But what's interesting is that why are we taking a mid-20-something-year-old I'm not going to get into that. What I'm saying is, we become more concerned with entertaining kids than discipling kids. Can we just jump back for a hot second? Can we look at what happened on, on this stage maybe three months ago during our youth-led service? I mean, just this past week, I had over 40 teens in my backyard. And let me tell you, I had nothing to do with planning, organizing, or leading that event because all of a sudden we are a church that is more concerned with creating a ministry to disciple and to empower our youth than we are in coming up with the catchiest games to recruit kids to come in we might not have a youth pastor that is that is super catchy or that uses all these quick pithy games to get kids to come in but I can tell you this right now every single student who walks in here on a Wednesday night will walk out of here knowing the love of Jesus and having learned something from the Bible that evening this this coming fall we have an entire team of adults 
We're going to come in and teach our youth three books of the Bible. We're walking through Haggai. We're walking through Ezra. We're walking through Nehemiah. How many of you have gone through those books recently? Yeah. But our youth are going to walk through them. Because we are more concerned with creating a ministry that is going to disciple our youth. Adults are involved. It's not just one guy with an isolated ministry. It is an entire team, an entire church coming together and saying our youth are as important to this church as anybody else's. Amen? So you say, okay, how does this discipleship ministry succeed? How do we do it here at NAPNAS? What needs to happen here at NAPNAS? Well, I'm not going to give you tangibles today. I'm just going to give you this, these two verses. This is in Philippians 3, 7 through 8. Paul says this, But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage that I may find Christ, that I may know Christ, that I may gain Christ. Discipleship does not change our, circumstance, our circumstances. It simply changes the way we view them. How does this ministry succeed? When we have parents, when we have grandparents, when we have adults, when we have a church that is more concerned with growing in Christ than they are in athletics. When we have a church that is more concerned with growing in Christ than their kids' academics. When we are more concerned with, with growing in Christ than fill in the blank. You, you say, we say, I say, guys, I'm not, I'm not exempt from this temptation. Hear me when I say that. When we begin to say that we are too busy, we have lost what Christ has called us to, to experience more, to learn more, to grow more, to be more. Are you willing to trade everything to be found, to grow in, to know, to gain Christ? This is discipleship. These are the ministries that we have here at NAPNAS. This is how I want to come alongside you to grow in Christ. This is who we are. Amen? Father, we come to you this morning as a way of celebrating who you are, what you're doing in and through this church, in and through each individual here. God, would you help us? Would you give us the courage to stop saying that we are too busy, but to see what you want us to experience on a day in and day out basis? Would you help us make you our priority? Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one so that we might glorify you because it's your kingdom and your power and your glory that we strive for right here, right now, at the end of ministry month of NAPNAS. Impact our hearts. 
grow in our lives. Let us be your light. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, and we all pray and say. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 or 10.30 a.m. for weekly worship and community with other believers. For more information about upcoming events or ways you can connect, find us on Facebook or visit us at napnaz.org. Have a great week.